really because of all of this, going through all of this, it's made me just so strong on the inside. And really, I just believe that anything in life is possible. And really, I think that's what makes me a game changer. You have the desire to create financial freedom, but you also want to make a powerful, positive impact on the world. This podcast exists to tell the inspiring stories of men and women who have achieved both, people who do well and do good. Discover proof that individuals have the ability to make a massive impact. Brought to you by your host, Dorothy Ilson. My name's Dorothy. I'm your host, and it is such an honor to welcome you here for another episode of Do Well and Do Good. Before I introduce today's guest, if you and I have not yet connected, I would love to chat with you one-on-one. I'm really looking to get to know the listeners of the show, figure out what your goals are, and how I can make this more valuable for you. So head over to our free Facebook group at dowellanddogood.co backslash Facebook. Once you're inside the group, you will see a pinned post right at the top. And there is a link to my calendar where you can book a quick 15-minute slot for us to connect. So now, today's guest is none other than Nicholas Miaskowski. Nicholas is the co-owner of four successful businesses, including a mobile home real estate investment company. Nicholas has a really incredible story. See, he suffered from cancer at a young age, but never let that stop him. If you've been listening to the show since the beginning, you may remember Craig and Jenny Dumnich. They nominated an organization called Golden Wing Helping Hands for the Do Well and Do Good Challenge. And see, Nicholas is actually the founder of that organization. Golden Wing Helping Hands creates and delivers care packages for homeless adults and children in Chicago. This organization really means a lot to me because I live in Chicago and I see the effects of this problem every single day. So it was really an honor to have Nicholas on the show to hear about how he started this nonprofit, you know, what inspired him, how his cancer journey has shaped him as a person, and you know, why mobile home real estate investing has been such an incredible opportunity for Nicholas and his family. So without further ado, do. Here's my chat with Nicholas. Nicholas, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much, Dorothy, for having me here. I'm, I'm pumped. Awesome. Well, so I would love to kick things off by hearing what has you most fired up in your life right now? Well, right now, what has me most fired up, I guess, is really having the opportunity to help a lot of people through, of course, through Golden Wing Helping Hands. And uh, well, mostly what we do is, well, we help homeless on the streets of Chicago. And really, it just excites me so much to really be able to help another person while they're down. Absolutely. Well, we will definitely get more into you know everything that you do with your nonprofit, but I'd love to start and hear a little bit about your story and your journey as an entrepreneur. And I know that your parents are entrepreneurs also, so I'm curious, what beliefs about money did your family instill in you growing up? And would you say those were helpful or harmful to you in achieving success? Well, in the very beginning, I mean... Pretty much all of my mom's side are entrepreneurs. So really, I've grown up pretty much my whole entire life being surrounded by different entrepreneurs all the time. 
and really blockages as an entrepreneur. I mean, I didn't really have any blockages. I mean, I understood that being an entrepreneur is really the only way for me because um, I've had very aggressive brain cancer as I was a lot younger when I was 10 years old. And now I'm a, a 10 year survivor going to be 11 very soon. Wow. And I really understood at a young age that having that regular like nine to five job isn't going to cut it. I can't do a lot of things physically because of my physical energy after my treatment, my body is just so exhausted. So really, I don't think I had many blockages starting the entrepreneurial journey. I started uh, when I was 19 years old. And uh, the way we started initially, me and my family, well, we've started a new business specifically around real estate. And we started getting into the mobile home industry. And really, that's how everything really built up. So you were 10 years old when you were diagnosed with brain cancer. I can only imagine what that was like for you. So what role do you think that that experience played in shaping the person that you've ultimately become? Well, having that cancer, I mean, it was really tough. When I was first diagnosed, I mean, there were so many people who really didn't want to be a part of my life anymore, like family, friends and stuff. And really throughout time, it's made me a lot more independent. And really, I kind of just believe in myself a lot more. And it just helped me realize that really, I'm the most important one in my own life. Really, it's taught me that it's just okay to really just be yourself and really do your own thing. One of the difficulties, I know that Craig and Jenny were on your show a couple of weeks ago, and I know they were talking about my hardships when I went to school. I looked physically different than all the other kids because I wasn't able to walk. I had a walker. I was bigger because at the time I was on steroids. Because previously during my treatment, I was just skin and bones. So I was on steroids. I got, you know, pretty big. And I didn't have any hair because, and I had plenty of scars on my head. And people just made fun of me. And really because of all of this, going through all of this, it's made me just so strong on the inside and Really, I just believe that anything in life is possible. And really, I think that's what makes me a game changer in both the real estate world and also in the nonprofit world. How did you manage to stay positive through your treatment and you know, make it through what was really such an impossible experience? So what kept me positive in the very beginning, well, is of course having that support group. So my family, my parents were the very first people who really, you know, fed me with positive thoughts, especially in the darkest times during the treatments. And they would do this by just making me watch uh, silly movies, for instance, to take my mind off of the pain, just really figure out different ways to really get me to stop, you know, thinking about all of this that's going on. 
So for anyone who, you know, maybe does have self-confidence issues or, you know, hasn't cultivated that, that strong belief in themselves, what would you say to that person? That's a good question. And really, I think people who really want to develop that confidence to build that up, I guess a good way to do that is really to surround yourself with other people who are confident and are powerful. And that's really how I started my entrepreneurial journey when I was 19. And I started really just networking and meeting all these people in Chicago who were successful and have reached so much power. And really just being around all of these like-minded people, it's really just started changing me. And it really just helped me believe, you know, believe in myself and really see that I have so much potential and so much in me. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard the adage, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And it really couldn't be more true. So when you're trying to change something about yourself, whether it be you know, having more self-confidence or making more money or you know expanding your network, you know, really anything that you want to do, putting yourself around people who have achieved that thing that you want to achieve is absolutely the fastest way to get there. So your core business, Nicholas, is in mobile home investing. And despite all of the you know, frenzy around opportunities in real estate, mobile homes really isn't a segment of the market that, at least it seems to me, is talked about very frequently. So could you tell me a little bit about how mobile home investing works and what makes it such a powerful opportunity? Sure thing. So Mobile homes, uh, the topic of mobile homes, really what we do is we go into these mobile home communities. Well, mobile home communities, for those who don't know, just imagine like a big piece of land and someone has decided to put a bunch of mobile homes on there. For every single resident who lives in this mobile home community, they have to pay a monthly lot fee, a lot rent, right? So... What we do is we go inside of these mobile home communities and typically we take the mobile homes from uh, distressed sellers or we take them over from the park, typically after they um, evict someone or someone abandons the homes. And typically we receive these homes for minimal dollar, so it's very affordable. And we come in, we rehab the properties once we rehab the properties, we find the correct buyer. So we either flip them for cash or we sell these homes for seller financing. And our program is for people typically who can't get regular bank loans. And we get that monthly cash flow coming in. It's really an inexpensive way to get into real estate investing because, you know, you could acquire a mobile home for a couple of hundred dollars and you get that monthly cash flow coming in for up to six years. Wow. And it seems like also a great way to help people who you know, might not otherwise be able to afford one of these homes. You know, if they can't get a bank loan, they're able to come to you. Is that, is that a situation you see very often? Yeah, that's right. Or a lot of the people who do come to us, usually um, they can't really afford to pay for their apartment. They can't pay the rent and they come to us because they become homeowners through our programs. 
once they get the keys to their mobile home, they only have to pay off like the monthly payment, but they're the homeowners as well. And that's really the, the game changer right there. Yeah. So what advice would you give someone who's looking to get involved in real estate investing or specifically mobile home investing? Well, in mobile home investing, the awesome thing is that I'm also a coach. I coach through our brand. It's called the Mobile Home Millionaire. And we show entrepreneurs exactly how to get into this world of mobile homes, this low risk and high profit opportunity. And we've been at it for a couple of years now. We've done 57 deals and really we've become authorities in our markets. And we definitely have a lot of success stories and showing entrepreneurs how to do it. And really, I just recommend people to get coaching from people or get a mentor to really show you the way to show you how to get started. Because I know it can be very stressful and overwhelming if you don't have that guidance from the right person. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. And I know I personally am a huge, huge proponent of coaching, regardless of what it is you're looking to go into. You know, any new market, new you know business that you're trying to start, there's going to be such a huge learning curve. And the amount of time and money that you can save by, you know, having someone who can guide you and help you avoid the common pitfalls is really invaluable. So Nicholas, when did you first recognize your drive to make a difference and find greater purpose in your life through helping others? The way it's all started was, well, going back to my whole entire cancer story and really just being kind of forgotten by people. And it really does suck just being forgotten and not having people hear you out. And that really just started driving me in order to start helping other people because I just don't want other people to go through what I have in the past. And I really just choose to be the light for the people who really don't see a different way out, who are surrounded by darkness really. That's amazing. So tell me the story of how Golden Wing Helping Hands specifically was born and and really why homelessness became the issue that you're now so passionate about. The way I resonate personally with homeless people is, of course, being the forgotten person. And like homeless people, well, usually when people go down the street, there's that homeless guy who's asking for some change or he's asking for a sandwich. And people usually just look the complete opposite way. They just completely ignore the person. And I could really resonate with that. And that really originally started that drive of helping homeless people. But the way that Golden Wing Helping Hands was born, it actually originally started as a family tradition. The way it goes is that in, I believe, 2017 or 2016, my mom was scrolling through Facebook and one day she found a blog post about some lady doing uh, blessing bags. She presented the idea to me and said, wow, Nick, this is so cool. And my first thought was, well, I was really immature back then. I'm like, 
Oh man, that name really sucks. But you know what? We could do it better. <laughs> and that really just started getting me thinking that, okay, well, I was thinking that, okay, homeless people definitely need help. And I was searching for a different avenue to start helping people. I've done volunteer work and that kind of stuff when I was in school. So I really did do enjoy helping other people. But helping homeless people was something that usually I never really got into. I did it on a smaller scale, but never really done anything as special as creating a care package. And the care packages we made, we did the, you know, warm clothes, toiletry items, non-perishable foods. And from our own pocket, we've created 25 of these care packages. And this was going to be our new family tradition. That was in year one, you did 25? Yes, that's correct. That was way before Golden Wing Helping Hands was, you know, born. Wow. And so I remember the way that this really just started charging the whole entire machine was that I just remember specifically when we drove down to the north side of Chicago. And I remember there being like this bridge and there was this camp of a couple of homeless people. And I was just feeling so anxious because I was thinking that, oh, what if, the, what if these people don't like these presents that we made for them? What if they don't approve of this? Do they actually need this stuff? So we got out of the car. We had this bag full of the care packages and we were walking towards these people and they started, you know, standing up and everything like they knew that we're about to come to them. I was getting the packages out there, feeling more anxious, and I handed it to all the people there. There were like four people there at this little homeless camp. And I remember when they picked up the care package, they looked like little kids on Christmas morning. And it was just the most magical thing I've ever seen. And then I just remember how one of the guys just stood up. He was just in tears. He went up to me, gave me a handshake, asked me who I was. I told him I'm Nick. And he's like, wow, so you must be like St. Nick. You must be the <laughs> angel that we all deserve. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and that just dried us. The following year, we just created so many more care packages. We've created 350 the following year. So that was in, I believe, 2016. Wow. And really just being able to help so many people was just so beautiful. And realizing that we have so much potential to help all these people. I had the idea of just starting my organization, the Golden Wing Helping Hands. And well, nine months after delivering the 350 care packages, my baby was born. And it's not that kind of baby because it was Golden Wing Helping Hands. <laughs> and since originally starting all of this throughout the past three years or so, we've delivered 1,297 care packages to homeless people. Wow. That is just 
such a remarkable story. And I think it's really important what you said about how, you know, I, I obviously I live in Chicago. And, you know, so whenever I walk down the street, I see exactly what you described, you know, people out there asking for money, asking for food. And it's really just heartbreaking the way that, you know, almost everyone just averts their eyes and, you know, pretends not to hear. And it's almost like you're, rejecting their humanity, you know, and, and not seeing them as a person and, and as a human who, you know, really any one of us could be in that position, you know, I mean, there's just so many paths that, you know, lead people to homelessness and it's not somewhere that anyone wants to be. And so even just, you know, acknowledging them, you know, saying hello and, and, you know, doing what you can to help it's so important. And, you know, I, I can't even imagine what it feels like to just be ignored like that day in and day out. So I think that what you're doing is just so incredibly special. Thank you so much. And to add to that, usually people just go straight to thinking that all homeless people on the streets are druggies and that, you know, they're misusing alcohol and that they want to be on those streets and throughout my experience with helping all these people, I, kind of, I know there has always been something major that's happened in their lives that really impacted them to be on those streets. And I've met a lot of different people, like I've met stroke survivors. Many people have lost their loved ones, their family, their wives, and as a result, as of that depression, they're on that street. They're, they've lost jobs because of that. Some people have mental illnesses. Some people, I've met some people who actually have had cancer. And some of their caregivers, you know, just went away in their lives. And it, it, it's just sad that a lot of people really just make that quick judgment that all homeless people really choose to be there. Well, a lot of people just don't really have that choice on how to get out of that hard situation, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this if you have any, but my understanding is that it is such a cycle too, because, you know, once someone is in that position of homelessness, you know, where they don't have access to a shower or clean clothes or any of these things that we take for granted, it becomes much harder to go apply for a job, you know, because it's, it, it's almost impossible to get someone to hire you if, you know, you're showing up to an interview in, you know, clean clothes looking like you haven't showered in, in days. And so it just really feeds itself. And so one thing that I think is so unique about Golden Wing Helping Hands is how there's this component of building a relationship and a personal connection with the people that you're giving the care packages to. So could you share a little bit more about that and why it's so important? Well, really, I think it's important that we talk to these homeless people and really just find out what's the best way we could help them out. Homeless people are just like people, just like you and me, you know? And a lot of people, like I've mentioned earlier, they just ignore them and don't want anything to do with them. And they really do deserve human contact, just like you and me. They need that compassion. They, they need that love. And I really think that's important, especially finding out ways of really how to get them off those streets. So for anyone who 
might even be thinking about doing something like this in their own city. There's that fear you mentioned, the anxiety of, you know, what the reaction is going to be. Would you say, I mean, is it, is it always positive? Do you sometimes receive negative reactions? What's that been like? Personally, I have not received negative reactions. Advice to someone starting off, I would not do this alone because you never know who you're going to bump into and really what's, what's around you because we usually either do this on the streets or we do this in a lower whacker down in the city, so like underneath the bridges. So my advice really is do this with other people. Never do this alone because you never know what's going to happen next. Homelessness is such a huge issue in cities across the country. So you know, what would you say is the best thing that each of us can do as individuals to help make a difference? Is it you know, delivering our own care packages, something else? I mean, what would you recommend to people? I would really think that making your own care packages would be awesome. And also just taking the time to actually talk to these people because a lot of these people really do need that connection. And I think if we really offer our love to other people, we could definitely help them in different ways. So Nick, what has been your biggest challenge in growing Golden Wing Helping Hands? You know, was it a difficult process getting it accredited as a nonprofit? You know, what was that like? So starting the business wasn't really, I mean, starting the organization wasn't that challenging I've hired someone else to do it for me, so I wouldn't have to stress out about that. But challenge-wise, it it, it really was just my health, really just getting in the way from time to time, you know, just growing the organization itself. There's a lot of uh, different things I do with the mobile homes, and I also do speaking as well. And then I have to watch over Golden Wing Helping Hands and you know, sometimes it gets overwhelming, but yeah, I think my health really gets in the way sometimes, but I've learned throughout time that it's really important to just ask for help and, you know, other people will come into your life who will help you and will gladly take over some of those responsibilities. Yeah. So what advice would you give to other young people who dream of starting their own nonprofit? Really, I think it's just having that belief and really understanding, first of all, that anything is possible. For starting a nonprofit, I really do recommend that, first of all, you do have some kind of revenue going in for yourself, of course, because we really need to be able to take care of ourselves before we start taking care of other people. So that's one part of my advice. And the next thing is really just hanging around with other people who have organizations like Golden Wing Helping Hands or basically any nonprofit and just find out what they're doing and how they're building their organizations. So what's uh, the goal for your organization for 2019? Do you have a target in terms of care packages? I would like to do at least 2,000 of them. I would also like to start doing bigger and bigger events. And I do have planned for 2019 a rather big event that I'm planning with um, Jen and Craig, actually. 
they have these uh, retreats called the Total Wellness Immersion Retreats. And at the last retreat I was at, they made the announcement that they will be donating $500 for every single room that they fill at their Total Wellness Retreat straight to Golden Wing Helping Hands. And also there are going to be a lot more really just awesome events going on at the same time. That is amazing. Yeah. The goal really is to start more events. I'm in the process right now of really just hiring someone to really just schedule these events for me because it's very time consuming, but I know it's very important. And for anyone listening who isn't sure what we are talking about, uh, Craig and Jenny D are health and wellness coaches who actually introduced me to Nicholas, and and that's how we are here today. So if you want to hear their episode, I encourage you to go back. It was episode number four, and they are absolutely inspiring as well. So Nicholas, I am just so grateful to you for you know, everything that you are doing here in Chicago. I'm curious, uh, one, what does it cost to create a single care package? You know, what, you know, what size of a donation does it take to just create one of these packages? The packages themselves aren't really that expensive to make. They usually cost about $10 to make. So very inexpensive. And are there opportunities to volunteer with Golden Wing Helping Hands for people who are local in Chicago? Of course, there's always different opportunities. We're doing uh, events. We're working on really just starting to do them on a regular basis. So we're always looking for volunteers to help out at our events. We're looking for people to help create these care packages, like the physical finished product of the packages. And of course, we're always looking for people who want to donate as well. Because really, my belief is that as successful people, really giving back, we receive back, we receive back at least 10 times more in different opportunities. And whether it's financial or relationships or or just opportunities in general and that's a really strong belief that I have even if you don't donate if you volunteer your time really it it just brings so much positive energy into the world and so many amazing things just come out of it Well, that really says it all, Nicholas. And thank you truly for everything that you shared with us today. Unfortunately, we are running out of time. So I'd like to move into what I call the impact round. So I'm going to ask you a series of short questions. And I'd like for you to respond with just the first answer that pops into your head. Ready? Okay. Sure. All right. So who has been the most impactful person in your journey to do well and achieve financial success? I would say my parents, of course. Awesome. And who's been the most impactful person in feeding your drive to do good and make an impact? I would say I have a couple of heroes in my life. One of the biggest heroes in my life is the former professional wrestler, Diamond Dallas Page. And what he does, he has this uh, yoga company that he started, DDP Yoga. And basically what he does is he helps repair people in their lives. So training people on how to start walking again and how to lose the 
impossible weight because so many people in life tell people that they're never going to be able to achieve things. And why he's such a huge inspiration to me is because he's taught me that, well, one, that anything is possible, and two, how important it is to really help others in different ways. Amazing. And then, Nick, when you're having a bad day or you're in a negative headspace, what do you do to get yourself out of the funk? Okay, so what I do is I either meditate, I listen to music that I enjoy, I either exercise, or I just watch funny movies. Awesome. I love that. And what book do you find yourself recommending to people most often? These are two of my favorite books, and they both have the word miracle in them, so you know it's good. So one of them is A Course in Miracles, which is a spiritual text, but you don't really need to be religious in order to benefit from it because you could take it from a spiritual standpoint. And this is a book that's really started to challenge my mindset and help me really make positive changes in my life. And then the second book I would recommend is called The Miracle Morning. And The Miracle Morning basically helps you create a new morning ritual in your life that will really impact your life in such a huge positive way. And that's Hal Elrod, is that right? That's right, yeah. So I have not read that book myself, but it's on my list. I've heard so many people talking about it. And and so definitely we will link to both of those in the show notes. What is one thing on your bucket list? One thing on my bucket list. Going back to cancer, I've had the opportunity to have a -a make-a-wish. For my make-a-wish, I wanted to go to Japan in Tokyo. Well, I did go there and I was really awesome. But The thing was, I couldn't enjoy it to the fullest because I was just after my whole entire treatment. But right now, I'm feeling a hundred times better than I felt 10 years ago. And so on my bucket list, I want to go back to Japan, but I also want to go back there with a speaking engagement because I think that would be pretty awesome. Amazing. And then lastly, what is the worst piece of advice you've heard related to success? And then on the flip side, what's the best piece of advice you'd give to our listeners? Okay. So the absolute worst advice that I've ever gotten was from one of the many coaches that I have going on in my life. I was told that in order to be successful, you need to wake up early in the morning at like 4 a.m., And you need to work until midnight the next day. Mm. And from Nicholas, the person, I've went through so much as a kid, you know, with the cancer and the chemos and the radiations and the emotions and everything that is really just damaged my body so much. And although I did work myself like a dog at the very beginning, I've learned that By doing so and pushing myself all the time, my body just started malfunctioning. I've been starting getting a lot more anxiety and more depressed. So on a flip side, my perfect advice is to counter that. And that's really to not listen to everyone that you need to wake up at four in the morning and work all the way till midnight. 
we need to be able to really listen to our bodies and really listen to those messages that we receive from our bodies. Really, we just need to develop the right schedule for us, for our bodies, and not precisely what anyone really tells you that you need to do. I agree 100%. And even if you are you know, paying for a coach, you have to listen to what they're saying and make sure that it makes sense for you. Because there, there is such a, I don't even know if like trend is the right word, but you hear people talking so much about, you know, you got to hustle, you got to hustle, you have to just be constantly working. And my personal belief is, you know, of course, if you want to succeed in anything, you do have to work hard. Nothing good is going to come without hard work, but there's a difference between working hard and just working yourself into the ground. And at the end of the day, life is about about being happy and being fulfilled and doing the things that you love. And so if you're not leaving time for that, then you really won't be able to give back because you'll have nothing left, you know, no energy, no, no motivation. And so I, I do think that, that is powerful advice. Well, Nicholas, as you know, here on the show, we have what I like to call the do well and do good challenge. And this is where I encourage our listeners who want to give back to contribute to the nonprofits that are nominated by our guests. So of course, I know you will be nominating your organization, Golden Wing Helping Hands. So could you give a few closing thoughts on you know, what any donations will be used for and why it's so meaningful to you and the homeless community here in Chicago? The reason why... I believe that people should be donating to Golden Wing Helping Hands is, of course, sponsoring more care packages for people on the streets. We also want to start raising money in order to help children in homeless shelters as well, because as we all know, that's a really huge issue as, as well. Not a lot of people really just openly talk about the kids in shelters. And I think that's the very next thing that Golden Wing Helping Hands will be working on. So every single donation will help us grow stronger. It will help us bring more hope to the streets, more hope to the shelters, and more hope to basically anyone who's involved in our organization. Amazing. And lastly, Nicholas, before we say goodbye, where can our listeners go to learn more about you, about Golden Wing Helping Hands, uh, mobile home millionaire, and of course, to follow your content. Of course. So to learn more about Golden Wing Helping Hands, visit our website, www.goldenwinghelpinghands.org. And to find out more about what I've been doing, what me and my family have been doing with Mobile Home Millionaire and the mobile homes, and also about my speaking the best way is to just follow me on Facebook or different social medias. And all of them have pretty similar usernames, which is Nicholas Mieskowski. And yeah, that's the absolute best way to get in contact with me too. We will link to all of those places in the show notes. Nicholas, it has been such an honor to have you. I really thank you for your time and being on the show today. Oh, thank you so much, Dorothy. I had so much fun. 
Well, everyone, that's our show. Now, before we sign off, I want to introduce any new listeners to the Do Well and Do Good Challenge. There are two ways that you can participate. The first is, of course, by contributing. So if you would like to do more to give back, I encourage you to make a donation to any of the nonprofits that have been nominated by our guests. Once you do that, send a screenshot of your receipt to challenge at dowellanddogood.co. Your donation will be included in our monthly tally of the tangible impact this podcast is having. The second way you can participate is absolutely free, and that is by voting. See, on the first of every month, we host a vote inside of the Facebook group, and that determines which of the organizations nominated that month that I will donate 10% of my advertising agency's income to. It's an awesome way to make your voice heard, and we've been able to raise money for some really incredible organizations. So head over to the Facebook group at dowellanddogood.co backslash Facebook, and I'll see you inside. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to tune in next week.